Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Here we go. Brothers, sisters, siblings, welcome to Penn Sunday School. I'm Matt Goudeau, still not here. We're broadcasting from Show Creators South here in Las Vegas, Nevada. We're going to pick up with part two of Penn's Cholesterol update on his head uh, before he goes out. And we are 45 minutes in counting, or how long till Bob Dylan plays for you? Here he is, preaching the love, Penn Gillette. Right now, two hours and two minutes oh. before I watch the Shadow Kingdom on my computer. Did you even stand up right now? You can't, right? I, uh, I oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> you know, you don't get to look forward. Uh, I love being a fan. You know, yeah, um, I really do. And there's something that I, there's something that I guess it's okay. I I worry about my children because. It used to be, and I've said this many times, you know, when I was young and I bought an album, there were songs in that album that I didn't like. Right. And I listened to them until I did like them. Right. And that is a wonderful, wonderful thing to do. And I worry that we're now back in a single culture. You know, everybody buys individual things. Which it was for a long time. Sure. That's where it used to be. the 60s. Yeah. And, uh. It was a single culture instead of an album culture. And, uh, but also, I like uh, picking an artist, liking their work, and going with them no matter what they do. Right. I really liked when uh, David Bowie came out with Lowe, which incidentally, Nick Lowe came out with an album called Bowie. So oh, that was really fun. That's nice. You know, um, Nick Lowe spelled L O W E. So uh, David Bowie came out with an album called Low, L-O-W. And uh, right after that, um, Nick Lowe came out with an album called Bowie, B-O-W-I. <laughs> 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 Nick Lowe, funny guy. Smart. Funny guy. Um, but I didn't, you know, Lowe was like electronic, atmospheric. I didn't get it at all. Yeah. But it was a new David Bowie album. So I bought it and listened to it until I liked it. And I just think that's a real healthy, fun thing to do. But I, I was going to say my children do that in other ways. You know, they listen to uh, these uh, gamers doing their long, um, yeah, long things, and they listen to the whole thing. You know, and they listen to it multiple times. So yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, my kids definitely are getting into music based on the games they like. So there's mm-hmm. a bunch of people just making music about games. Yeah, and that that makes my children very psyched, and they like to point out to me in the song like. Remember this guy from this game? That's what this lyric's about. And I was like, yeah, I heard that name. Um, but it is strange to me because like, I don't, I loved Super Mario when it came out, Nintendo when it came out, but I didn't listen to music about Super Mario. Yeah. Like it's just, it's interesting to me that like that's definitely what dictates their music. Taste. Yeah, we don't, we don't understand game culture at all. We just don't. We just don't. No way. 
And I, I don't think we can. Um, I could tell you about the magic in a young girl's soul, but it's like trying to tell a stranger about rock and roll, yeah. as John Sebastian said. And I bet there's a gamer version of that yeah. that I don't understand. And what I'm curious about, too, is because there's, well, we know there's social repercussions from the, from the lockdown, you know. You think so? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm curious, like, uh, how that untangles with kid culture, because it seemed to be progressively existing online anyway. Right. So, like, are we going to basically combat that as ogreish elders? like other parents did by like having like social dances and like mandatory things that like we read about that we didn't have to do. I mean, we had dances and stuff as kids, but it wasn't like this formal thing where like, yeah, it's the time for this dance to take place and you're all going kind of thing. I don't know. Are we going to, are we going to maybe do that to our children? Yeah, forcing children to do social stuff. Yes. was already a problem before the lockdown. Yeah. Cause already, you know, children didn't want to drive. Right. They don't want to go hang out. They want to hang out with people on their computer. I don't understand it. Neither do I. But I'll tell you one thing. I know I'm fucking it up. <laughs> I was once out to um, out to uh, dinner yeah. with, a, uh, with uh, my girlfriend at the time and uh, some of her Ford model friends, like Victoria's Secret model people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some of my friends. There were like six or seven people at the table having a wonderful meal. And we were all kind of talking all at once. And um, one of the um, models started crying, very, very upset. And one of my friends said, what happened? And I said, I don't know what happened, but I know it's my fault. <laughs> it's the way I feel about raising children now. I don't know what's happening, but I know it's my fault. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I feel that very, very, very strongly all the time. Uh, and I'll tell you something about raising children. You want advice on raising children? If you want to know how to raise your children perfectly, yeah, get advice from someone who doesn't have children. <laughs> We've said that before. Yes. People who don't have children, they understand everything yeah. about how you should do it. If you talk to someone who's raised children, I mean, even children who are like hugely successful, yeah, like children that things went great for, or children, parents of children who things went badly for, yeah, you ask any of them, how do you think this happened? I don't know. No idea. What would you do differently? I don't know. I don't know. What do you think you did right? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You ask someone that doesn't have any children and never raised a child at all. Here's what you need to do. Yeah. Need to give them discipline and yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the time. And they will give you that advice easily. You don't even have to ask for it. Yeah. They'll tell you. Yeah, they'll just let you know. They'll let you know. Sure, they'll let you know. Uh, and in their, in their uh, laying down of the laws, they rarely, in, they rarely um, in their scenarios, talk about the child talking back to you, mm -hmm. <laughs> which they do. They also never talk about you balled up in the corner crying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yesterday was a was a big first for me. Uh, my oldest uh, being a little snotty to me and to his friends, and I just told him to go upstairs for a sec. You know, 
his friends were, friends were about to go home anyway, so I sent the sent the kids home. Kids still was stunning to me, so I sent him up to his room. And uh, I went into the room with what I wanted to talk about. And this was the first. He also had stuff he wanted to talk about. And I was really taken aback. And he had a big speech for me that was like, hey, you know, he's he's seven about to turn eight. <laughs> he goes, when I was five and six, you were so nice to me. <laughs> And now you're not. <laughs> I was like, what? And we really had it out. Like we really were having a conversation and I was really taken aback by him making his case. And to make mine, I had to both point out the times I was nice to him recently and the times I was mean to him in the past. <laughs> like, and um, I left the room and looked at the clock to see about making them dinner. And I was like, oh my God. We just spoke for a half hour. My kid and I just spoke for a half hour in his room, going back and forth. It was, it was definitely, it was a, it was a, it was a mark for me. Right, but you've got two years. Yeah, and every one of those discussions, he will win. I know every one. Yeah, it was already amazing how much I didn't win in this one. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it is hopeless. Yeah, you have no chance. Well, they're writing a story about you you know, in their head. And that's the scary part. Mm -hmm. You're like, this is the, I'm listening to the paper record about me. Yeah. Like this account of me will be what is told by him the rest of, of his life, you know? Yeah. And I have to like figure that out. It's interesting. I think you either figure it out or you, I think that I have found that my best strategy is to fall on the floor and cry. Yeah. I go in and I have the conversation. I try to be like a good dad. That I go into my room alone and weep uncontrollably. Yeah. yeah. That's my strategy for how I to definitely do it. went for a little as I'm making them dinner. My time in the kitchen was basically spent like, is he right? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Am I being too much of a dick? Yeah. About stuff. Yeah. Or not enough of a dick. Or too much of a dick and not enough of a dick at the exact same time. <laughs> Which is basically was like, can I say no in a nicer way faster? Is basically that what you're describing was what one of the things I was contemplating. Yeah. I am in a weird position where I did not have that relationship with my father. Oh. Like tragedy dictated that we got along really well. I see. <laughs> <laughs> and so the lack of trauma in my household, I guess I should be grateful for that I'm experiencing typical interactions. Yeah, but it's really bizarre to me because I don't even have the empathy for it. Yeah, the, the, my problem with the children is that um, I understand everything. Yeah, completely. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I except uh, I, I was worse. Yeah, I was, I was worse. And um, so, what do you do? Yeah, what do you do? You're like this sucks, but it's still better than I was to my parents. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yeah. Fortunately, when all is said and done, the permanent record of my parents is completely positive. Yeah. Don't think it's going to go that way. <laughs> um, here's what I want to talk about. Yeah. I guess everybody's talking about this. So we probably shouldn't talk about it because better people are doing it. Yeah. Before we move on. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
Anybody want to hazard a guess after all that heartfelt family stuff where the chat is? <laughs> yeah, I'd like to hear. I'd like to hear. Matt's a video game poser for mispronouncing Mario mm. as Mario. I'm from Jersey. We say Mario. How do you do the other character's name? <laughs> Luigi. Okay. They were, they were predicting a hard G. Luigi? I was going to say Luigi? You thought I was that bad of a poser? <laughs> Luigi? I happen to go to school with people named Mario, so they told me to pronounce it Mario. Yeah. Yeah. You went to school with people named Mario? Yeah. That was the weird thing about going home with my children uh, to New Jersey was like, oh, yeah, there are a lot of fucking Italians in Jersey. <laughs> And there's a lot of Italian food everywhere you go and a lot of Italian names and things like that for, yeah. for restaurants and streets and all kinds of stuff that I was like, oh yeah, there really isn't that, 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 that out here. There must be a place called Super Mario Pizza, right? Oh, there has to be. <laughs> there has to be. <laughs> that he's going, he said, go ahead, come sue me, see what the fuck they get out of me. <laughs> my name's fucking Mario. They've been calling me Super Mario because of my pizza since yeah. I was like 10. So yeah, fuck yeah. them in the neck, fuckheads. No, yeah, I mean the La Rosas, the the uh, <laughs> Raciopis. The I went to school with a lot of Italian families. Raciopis. Yeah, Raciopis. Yeah, they actually had an Italian deli. Oh, so good. <laughs> Was it called Raciopis? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Raciopis yeah. Italian deli. Yeah, right by the train station. <laughs> you walk in there and call them posers. Yeah, yeah. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> Do that for. Don't tell them I sent you. No, no, no. Go in there and call the Raciopi's posers <laughs> about their deli. I go across the street from the Francos. Yeah, we have, there's- We don't know. Tell us we don't know how to pronounce Mario. <laughs> 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 now, I do admit that I don't say the enemy's name as Wario. So I guess I should say, I got that right. I say Wario. So I guess I should say Mario. All right. Thanks, chat. <laughs> Save me a day on Twitter. We... <laughs> I'm going to go to LA. Yeah. And I'm in Vegas. Yeah. And I'm going to have to wear a mask all the time. Yeah. Masks are going to be mandated. Yeah. I will follow that rule. Yes. I am following that rule against science. Mm hmm. Because I'm vaccinated. Yeah. So I don't need a mask. Right. I'm wearing a mask so that mask police can make sure everyone wears a mask so the people who did not do what I believe they should have done that I did do will be forced against their will to do something that I'm doing that I don't need to do so it can be watched more carefully. Is that correct? Yes. It has gone so fucking crazy. It really has. So fucking crazy. All of us who got vaccinated all of us who locked down, yep. all of us that wore masks we were supposed to, who all of us that, as far as I know, I did everything right. I did everything I was told to do, everything the smartest science told me to do. Yep. Now, I have to wear a mask so that people know who to yell at who's not wearing a mask because we can't trust those people to say, because if you just said only unvaccinated people need to wear masks. The people who aren't vaccinated are skeptical about wearing masks too, so they wouldn't. So we have to force everyone to, so we can make those people who are denying reality wear the masks. Yeah, That is a level of craziness 
I don't believe I've experienced socially in my life. It is really frustrating, really upsetting. You know, I took my kids out to the movies. They were, you know, my kids aren't, aren't old enough to be vaccinated. So we're masked up at the movies. Um, it was really fun. Back in the movies for the first time since they were, uh, you What'd know. What'd you see? When saw Boss Baby, the Boss Baby uh, comedy. I took, my, I, I took my son to see Black Widow. Uh, I saw that too. I was frustrated with that movie. What do you have? What's your problem with Black Widow? Besides not seeing Scarlett Johansson naked. Number one, just well, I, I. So if I'm going to see Black Widow, it is to see Scarlett Johansson. Mm-hmm. So if you introduce a same exact character that is a sister with the same exact story, the same exact flaws, and the same exact abilities, and I have to split time between watching this new stranger and Scarlett Johansson, it upsets me. Yeah, because all they want to do is we're sorry we killed one, we need one back. Yeah, exactly. And if I'm going to see a Scarlett Johansson movie, do that on your own time. Not Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> but you, I do. There was one moment in Black Widow that I liked. Yeah. Just one moment, really. Because <laughs> the rest of it, I mean, who cares? Yeah. But, um, when, when the uh, blonde Black Widow. Yeah. When the blonde Black Widow says, why do you go into this pose <laughs> and flip your hair around? What part of that? Because everybody's doing that. Yes. And doing that in the movie, I thought was a little bit cute and funny. Oh, good. Good, good. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that part was funny. There's an, and the other thing was that, like, to show uh, familial bonding, let's just be sarcastic and bust each other's chops yeah. and yell at each other the whole time. Let's take everything bad about uh, male superheroes. Yeah. And instead of bringing a new kind of superhero, let's just make women that way. Yeah, let's make women like shitty men. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it was fine. There's a lot of fight sequences and crazy stuff. So it was all, it, it, it scratched the itch or whatever. But. but I have the problem of not being able to follow flight, uh, fight sequences when they're in, when in close-ups. Yes. I, when I don't have the geography, I can't even tell who's hitting home. Well, that's actually on purpose, right? Because yeah. it used to be that they had crazy violence sequences that stayed PG-13. Then they decided to make certain graphic violence become a rated R uh, thing. And so that changed the way we portrayed fighting in movies. So that's a governmental thing. It is. Oh. So they started zooming things in. And like for me, like the big markers, if you watch the first Born Identity and then watch the second Born Identity, it changed in that time. And you can see a distinct difference in the way the violence is portrayed in those movies. I could follow it in the Born Identity. Right. Couldn't follow it in the second one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they just get up super close. Same thing happened to the Batman franchise, same thing where they just, they, when you just see arms and hearing, <laughs> And it's really weird. And they do think when they make the camera take all these different perspectives so you lose your orientation in the room and that kind of so thing. So they want you to do that. I think that the the orientation in the room thing is meant to be, hey, we ha- we can't do this thing we want to do, so we have to do a fancy way of the other thing we're doing. Now, are we going, uh, are we going back? I, did, you, did you go to the movies with your children for the last time? That's what I'm wondering, right? So I went to the Children's Museum, and I went to... Uh, so I repurchased, like I let my thing expire, repurchased the Children's Museum, time to bring my kids back there. You know, we have a great Children's Museum here. Yep. And so- uh, Take that, Mississippi. <laughs> and, you know, when you buy a membership, you just come in whenever you want. And and so I ponied up for that. And then same week, you know, it's the first week home with them with no school, no camp or whatever. So we, we I was just doing that while Sarah was working a thousand jobs. And- um. And then also with the news breaking, 
all this week. I was like, I don't feel like going back to the movies with them right now. I don't feel like going back to the kids' movie with them right now. Everyone, everyone's in a mask at the kids' museum, mm-hmm. which at least makes me feel better. You just have to but be. almost half of those people don't need to be wearing masks. Right. But the people that do need to be wearing masks wouldn't wear them if the other people didn't. Yeah. I mean, if this had just broken down in, I'm not going to get vaccinated. I'm just going to wear a mask all the time. Yeah. Great. Now there is, yes, there is news of people who are double vaccinated getting, testing positive for COVID. Still a small number. Still a small number and that, and still even smaller number, like uh, very few are going to the hospital because of it. Right. In fact, it's it's like 1%. Yeah. So it's it's frustrating, but it's. So at least, but that element is still also creeping up, right? This idea of double vaccine still, still possibly it getting fucked up by it is, is, is frustrating to think about. But no, no, because nothing's 100%. Right. So, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> the bottom line is that we could have all stayed indoors and it would have been gone. Yes. And we could have all reached the uh, vaccination rate that we needed to reach. Uh, enough people were medically able to get the vaccination level. That we would not be dealing with it right now. And we could have done it financially, too. We, we were able to deliver all those yeah. vaccines in the United States. In the United States, yeah. And they didn't do it. Yeah. So. And we have many nations still waiting the vaccine, clawing, begging, trying to pay for the vaccine. They can't get it. And we have too much of it here, and people won't take it. People won't take it. And they're making it political here in this country, even though it's affecting the entire planet. Yeah. That I don't understand at all. People making arguments that it's like for the Democrats or for Bill Gates, and you're like, it's the whole world. It's the whole world. Yeah. What's what are the Democrats doing in India? <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's the whole. It's the whole planet. And like Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, not Libertarian, those are all constructs of how we want to conduct humanity. This is about whether we, as a breathing animal, live or die. This isn't about <laughs> a construct of behavior or how we want to treat each other. There's a thing that could kill us, and we're trying to stop it from killing us. I didn't Gregor say all this would happen based on the Spanish flu? Yep. Yeah. Did. That we, we can never expect compliance? He did say that. Yeah. And yeah, people are putting all the, uh, just all the old political cartoons of anti-vax from, from the Spanish flu, from smallpox, from all this other stuff. We've seen it throughout our history, and it's really depressing. <sighs> it's, it's, just, it's just incredible. And I find out, I, I, I have a friend who, um, when his son was born, told me that his son was getting no vaccines at all. So now I assume, I think very correctly, yeah. that um, uh, they are not vaccinated. And he has now got a TV show on that I very much want to watch. So I think it'll be really good. And I feel creepy about it. Yeah, I feel creepy about what he's doing such terrible stuff. Why do I want to watch a TV show? TV shows got nothing to do with this subject. But. No, no, no. But it's just, you, you watch TV to distract yourself, tune out, or if you see a friend that you like, do stuff. Yeah. But it's, uh, that, that gets taken away. So what gigs have you got coming up that are going to be canceled because of the um, pandemic? <laughs> All right. Uh, fingers crossed for uh, July 31st. Uh, Piff has asked me to open up for him. Really? Yeah. Oh, good, good, good. So July 31st, I'll be at the Segerstrom Center for the Arts. That's You just said, you just made noises that weren't words. Segerstrom, Segerstrom, Center for the Arts. Mario. Mario. 
The Mario, Mario. Center for the Arts. Mario for Center for the Arts in Costa Mesa, uh, wow. Orange County. So I'm heading out there. You see, Vegas, we did right. Vegas, we had the Smith Center. Yeah. We can all say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not the Smegmas. What is it called? <laughs> Sager, Segerstrom or Segerstrom? Segerstrom. Segerstrom. Uh, for the arts. Yeah. That's a, that's a, is that a big place? It's big, yeah. Big. I think it's, yeah, it's 3,000 seats. Whoa. Yeah. Is he filling that up? Well, it's, 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 it's all been with this evolution of what was going on. So originally, they were trying to keep some programming going. So he was going to play this outdoor event. And then all of a sudden, you're allowed indoors. And so all of a sudden, they're like, well, we have this big auditorium. Why don't we do that? And so so they moved him into the big big auditorium. Great. So he's evolving with that, yeah. Well, you know, there, there is a theory, a yeah. very strong theory, yeah. that the whole pandemic yeah. only happened to move Piff from a 200-seat theater <laughs> to an 800-seat theater because he got the Donnie and Marie Theater, which yeah. he would have never gotten. No, not for the pandemic. He would not. And he's filling it up. When you when you when you when you when you list and you all your memes, all the people who have benefited from the pandemic, like Bezos and other people like that, put Piff on that list. Piff is on that list. Yeah, Piff is one of the conspirers. Yeah, and how much did he pay in taxes? Exactly. <laughs> much too much, by the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's he's, he's one of those fair share guys. It's it's very frustrating to him. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I'll be there with him July 31st, uh, big show in the big auditorium. I can't wait. And then uh, August 28th, uh, our sideshow gelato friend, oh, Jay Bliznik. Bliznik, another yeah. name that's not really <laughs> yeah, a word. Don't buy a theater, buddy. Bliznik. Jay Bliznik. Um, he's doing a big event uh, for his gelato. Uh, is that going to be in the place where it's going to be, or is it a, a- No, I think it's a venue- Pop-up. Type. It's a pop-up situation, yeah. Uh, the Briss House is where it's going to happen. You heard me. I did. Uh, <laughs> I, I have to be mispronouncing it. All the information is at sideshowgelato.com. But August 20th, I'll be in Chicago, part of a lineup. He's bringing in some sideshow guys as well. Um, but I'll be performing in a, in a lineup for, for a big, big a, a kickoff event for him at sideshowgelato.com. August 28th in Chicago. Well, I wouldn't ask you to do anything that was uh, that was too much trouble, but you will be bringing a suitcase of dry ice back with you. <laughs> okay that's and that's also gelato for me yeah 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 i wouldn't ask you to do this if it wasn't an emergency <laughs> but yeah i'll be there and then uh september 15th this is a big test for me i'll see how this goes but uh this venue valhalla tahoe it's in lake tahoe california just someone's producing me straight up 167 seat theater me uh hour and a half intermission uh, at uh, at this uh, for arts festival in Lake Tahoe. Really cool because there's a DVD player that I want in Lake Tahoe. <laughs> <laughs> I was aware. I was asking him to carry a DVD player back from Chicago. You can end up. By the way, if you're there and you just want to pack it up yeah. and ship it, you can do that, and I'll pay for the shipping. How's uh, that? Fair. Is that a little bit more reasonable? Okay. <laughs> Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? Other than you? Yeah, well, yes. Better help, help, better help will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. I've used this. 
And it's really good. It's really good to talk to a mental health professional. Yes. It's different than talking to a friend. Absolutely. It's just a different thing. And it's also so much easier than going into an office. Yeah. Doing it online is what it always should have been done anyway. Absolutely. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches that make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. Also, it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. So go visit betterhelp.com slash pen. Pen. That's better H-E-L-P and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp, they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Penn Sunday School listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash pen. That's right. And I got something else to say too. And you can talk about this as well as I can. Because we're going to talk about skylight frames. Oh, yeah. Now, uh, skylight frames are a frame yeah. that you send pictures to. Yeah. And the best way to do it, I guess you could buy it for yourself. That would be wonderful. But if you buy it for your mom, your dad, your grandparents, someone like that, you can send them pictures. They live far away. You're not able to visit them. You send them pictures. It's a touchscreen photo frame you can email photos to, and they appear there in seconds. Talk about your dad. Yeah, so I got my dad one because he has six children. And only one of them lives in the same state as him. And so uh, we recently all went through a lockdown, and I literally we were doing an ad on this very show, and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to buy one of these for my dad because we can't get together for Thanksgiving or Christmas. Let's all just send him photos of ourselves on Christmas morning and all of our families, and my father can see photos of all of his, his children and his grandchildren. And uh, he loves it. He loves it. Even when you get one of these, I'll tell you what a really fun thing is, you'll actually get a reminder email once in a while that says, hey, you haven't sent a picture to this person in a while. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh. And I just load up a bunch of new pics for my dad to watch off of those reminder emails. And uh, my dad gets to keep up with me and his grandchildren. They just pop up on the screen. It's right there by his computer. I can't imagine a better gift in that yeah. situation. It's just great. Yeah. Uh, we're such a far-flung uh, culture. Yeah. That being able to have those pictures is great. Uh Looks like a real photo photo frame, adds a beautiful uh, touch to your home, a uh, gorgeous 10-inch touchscreen, swipe through photos with your finger, even sit, tap for a thank you. It's 100% satisfaction guaranteed. If you don't love your skylight and you're going to, that's why they can do this, they'll offer you a full refund. You can tap the hard button and let the sender know you love the photo. This makes the frame interactive and fun to use. It's just the greatest thing. We love Skylight Frame so much, we're offering our listeners 10 bucks off your purchase of a, a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com, enter code PEN. Pen. That's right. Get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame. Just go to skylightframe.com, enter the code PEN. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E.com and code P-E-N-N. No doubt about it. It's Godot that screws that up. <laughs> Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. 
Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. So uh, I uh, am doing shows yeah. for full audiences. Right. Uh, we're on stage. The crew is now masked again. Mm-hmm. We are not masked. Um, we bring people up on stage. There are at least uh, eight feet from us. Right. Um, and the audience is predominantly not masked. Right. They're just choosing that, I guess. That may change with the rules. I started masking up indoors again. Uh, I find myself in the minority at the moment. Mm-hmm. Even in, And I lived in an area where people were very compliant. So I'm going to see how that plays out. Well, I'm going to uh, L.A., you know, tomorrow. Yeah. And I'll have to be masked up all the time inside there. So we'll see how that goes. I have not, I realized this the other day, I have done a zillion shows, but I have not been to a show. Oh, right. What live shows have you been to? Um, I went and saw Piff's sh- show. Mm-hmm, I want to do that. Um, and I recently, because I couldn't see my wife otherwise, I had to go see my wife in a show. You're paying to see your wife now. <laughs> I'm paying to see my wife. There's a name for that. Go ahead. <laughs> Because she had to do a kids camp all week because uh, she lined that up during the pandemic if we came out of it or whatever. She wasn't sure she was going to work. And boy, was she wrong about not working. She's been hired by Spiegel World to be in two shows, not one. Yes, we were uh, auditioning someone for a, a position yeah. uh, with us. And uh, during the audition, during the um, um, uh, interview, mm-hmm. during the interview, uh, we asked if they knew uh, Sarah Lowe. Oh, yeah. Because they had worked there. Yes, they did. They said she's in two, count them two shows. Yeah. I mean, when you uh, are fifth generation show business and you go touring with your parents and then, you know, you've, you've, you become not only um, a, a performer, but a dance captain where you have to know every single track of an entire show, that organized brain doesn't come into the variety arts very often. So, so she, uh, both companies just love having her around. Uh, she's the Gary W. Talent <laughs> basis of his organizations. <laughs> Sarah Lowe shows up and it's just checkbox. Professional person will run through their track, no problem, and we, we're done. Right. And so, yes. No, no coddling required? Nope. No, why weren't you here yesterday on time? Yeah. Never comes up. Sarah nope. Lowe, you're done. Do I have to convince you to get vaccinated? No. <laughs> uh, uh, which is happening around a lot of circus shows. Oh, Christ. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so Sarah now is the understudy for the hosts of Atomic Saloon. And uh, of um, uh, Absinthe, the oh. big show here in town. And she's been doing a variety slot in the Absinthe show as well. What's she doing for a variety slot? So they have an act uh, where they do a, a bad hand balancing team. They call it Ivana Vanka. And they come out and to make fun of Cirque du Soleil, do a really bad hand balancing act and whatever. And, uh, you know, slams her head and that kind of stuff. And so she's doing that act. She's doing, uh, she's doing um, slapstick. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. Nice. That's nice. It's great, and she. Oh, uh, and how do they do the sound effects? Um, oh, it's a it's a sound cue. Uh, really, actually, it's actually like stage combat technique for the hitting of the head at the end. Okay, it's like a physical smack that looks like it's the head, but it's the hand. Because you know the Stooges. Yeah, had somebody just right beside them doing all the sound effects. That's fascinating. I I met the guy. That would be fun to do. I think now naked. Yeah. Right, like to do an act where you watch the sound effect guy do the stuff. As yeah, the, it so, the Stooges did that. Oh, in their in their live tour, you know, when after they were on TV and children went to see them. Yeah, they had their sound effects guy on stage. 
Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. I would have loved to have seen that. Yeah, that's great. I don't know why we're not shut up. We shouldn't talk about this because we should do a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's definitely the bit to do for sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, breaking celery. And- yeah. I love all that stuff. Yeah. And doing it live I, and I in motion. everybody does. Definitely. Everybody loves that stuff. Um, yeah. So, yeah, she just does that act or whatever, but she's the host of the Atomic Saloon, which if you haven't seen or been, it's it's a crazy variety show, but a little bit more of a package. So it's done in this old Wild West bar, fully immersive when you walk in, really cool, like set is around you when you sit in that kind of stuff, theme cocktails and all that kind of stuff. And then they basically do the show and then they make fun of the show they just did. And then they end in a choreographed bar fight, a legit crazy ass bar fight, which I was like, I can't think of any other show where they're like, we should end in a giant fight. <laughs> and that being a good idea, and then actually pulling it off well. Uh, but it's really great. And one of the craziest things that they do is uh, the, the plot. There's no plot. There's no spoiler on this. So she loses all of her talent in the uh, brothel saloon or whatever. So she says, I don't need him anyway. So her and the priest uh, uh, character in the show just reenact every act that's happened poorly and comedically. Oh, oh that's nice. It's hysterical. It's really funny. And my wife just killed. So it was really fun to go see her do her show. And what did it feel like being in an audience? Good. You know, but again, this was, so this was on uh, Friday, I think. Mm-hmm. And news was changing then. So I was masking up in the casino, walking over. And I was wondering whether I was going to be wearing a mask when I sat down and I wasn't. And um, what do you mean you were wondering? Like, how would that happen to you? No, 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 whether they would enforce oh, I see. <laughs> uh, a mask policy across the board or whatever. I thought maybe you had a part of your mind that put it on a mask without you knowing it. I have a very numb jaw <laughs> from being an altar boy. Um, <laughs> so, uh, uh, so, no, no, and, and it wasn't, but then, you know, we know performers are coming out and they were, performers are coming out from backstage in the mask and all of a sudden kind of looking as confused to take off the mask to talk to us or not or whether we should put masks up or not. And that just, just that confusion alone was bothersome. Oh, sure. Because um, we, all, we all just want to play by the rules, but we want to see people we like, and we played by the rules to get to the point where we could see people that we like. So it's just frustrating to go through it. But um, there was no, at that moment, once the show was going on, it felt fine. I definitely just found myself immersed in the show and not worried about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, like I said, afterward, that interactions and stuff happened. So I'll see how I feel in a week. I, it hasn't stopped. I keep thinking it changes week to week. And I keep thinking that pace will slow down. Yeah. And once we're a phase, a full phase, but it doesn't, I'm, it's baffling. I, like, uh, a guy who runs a political podcast was like, oh, I want to have you guys on to talk about Vegas, you know, and, and how things are going from the pandemic. And he initially asked us when we were open back up. Yeah. And we haven't found a date. And I was like, boy, has that interview changed in these three weeks? Yeah. Is Vegas, we're just dropping like flies. Yeah. 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 And now we're being treated, you know, because of science. That they're saying, if you're from Nevada, you're going to quarantine before you come here. Or some people don't want people in Nevada to come join us. It's really weird to be living in the place where you're the, you're the, you're the designated hotspot. We're the bad guys. Yeah, we're the bad guys. Yeah. It's not fun. <sighs> I know. We're, we're the idiots. Yeah. We're the idiots. We're going to edit this out, but I'm going to go pee. Okay. Because I just trying to time it with the Bob Dylan thing. <laughs> and I, I want to go 10 more minutes and I can't go 10 more minutes without peeing. So. All right. What's the chat going on? Bring it, chat. What do you got for me? Well, at first, I want to clean up your analogy from the last episode. Oh, God. Okay, let's do that. Yeah. Cats are like roommates. Oh, yeah. Cats are like roommates if your roommates are apex predators. 
<laughs> like if you're bunking up with uh, Mike Tyson's children, yeah, that's a good analogy. Yeah. Like they turn around and yawn and stretch and then their claws and their teeth come out like it's cute to people. I'm just like, what a ferocious killing machine is what I think every time they turn on their back and stretch and kill. So yeah, yeah, they are indeed. Yeah. If you're roommate with, you know, a serial killer. Rub my belly just once <laughs> yeah, just, you're a dead man. It just, for the proper amount of time, the moment I don't like it, you're dead. I'm furious with you. <laughs> I uh, I just had to we just edited out a part where I went and peed <laughs> and I realized um as I was peeing yeah that I think that I wasn't peeing because I've drank so much liquid yeah I think I was peeing because I'm so excited about the Dylan thing <laughs> you are too you're not have an unusual amount of water yeah no I think it's just I you can I remember when I used to um my parents would take me to the drive-in movies. Yeah. You know? And the movie would get really exciting. I remember we saw Goldfinger. Yeah. Which if you're young and you're seeing Goldfinger, it's very exciting. It's a very grown-up movie. Yeah. There's sex in it. There's violence in it. And I was like, would, when did Goldfinger come out? I must have been like 10, right? Maybe a little later than that. Uh, 10 or 11. And uh, I remember the movie would get really exciting. Then I, I'd have to go and and and, and, and pee. Go walk to yeah. the uh, to the place to do it was so exciting and yeah that's why you know shadow um uh, i've even forgotten the name i'm so excited now um <laughs> shadow kingdom shadow, shadow kingdom is coming up and uh, i'm just like oh boy oh boy oh boy and does uh, that's that's the problem there yeah so, 1964 1964 so i was nine you have to buy a fancy app or whatever to get this access to this concert right 25 dollar ticket over veep okay to see uh to see bob to see Bob uh, do his uh, his thing, his yeah. thing. Um, so, uh, what were you saying you were going to talk about? Oh, uh, I am the owner of a magic trick. Oh, yes. Now, I've bought many magic tricks, mm -hmm. but this is the first one that I've bought that is mine. Oh, what, do you, what do you mean? Oh, like, you invented it? No, no, no. I mean, the guy invented it and sold it to me, but just me. Oh, I see. Like, I, he won't be making it for anyone else because- Oh, is that true? I bought it. Oh, really? Yeah. And he's Spanish? <laughs> he's Spanish, yeah. And he was very proud over his emails. Oh, this is the thing you told me about? Yes. Oh, yeah, that yeah. you did, you, that Hondro told you about? Yeah, yeah. So some big uh, variety show that reached out to me and said, we definitely need you. You have to get back to us and then never talk to me ever again. Yeah, because you crushed your mother. <laughs> <laughs> it was a different different show than that, mm. but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and they never go back to you again. No, I always laugh because that's that's my that's show business, right? Like while I'm talking to you right now, you definitely are the most important person in my life. You can hear the sincerity, and I do. I mean it in my heart. When I hang up the phone, less so. <laughs> but I'm not going to update you about that. And by tomorrow comes around, definitely not. And who knows what happened? But you're no longer the most important thing in my life. But when I was on the phone with you, you definitely were. Mm -hmm. and I was really excited about it. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I was supposed to come up with a bunch of big tricks and um, uh, Hondro, I talked to Hondro because someone's asked me to do magic on TV. Hondro is certainly a fantastic magician and s absolutely a gigantic expert of doing magic for television. He is. Um, and so uh, he said, I had a friend who wanted to sell me this trick, but I'm not on, the t I'm not on, on the, that TV show I was doing anymore. So I never did this on TV. So it's up for grabs. If you want it, I can put you in touch with him and we can talk about it. And so it was intended for a football player or, or a soccer player. 
Mm-hmm. So it's football. Football. And so uh, it involves uh, a knife possibly going into your foot. But I'm thinking about focusing on the toes and calling it piggy roulette. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, but it is a it is a thing. It looks like a, it looks like a really bad like Atlantic City boardwalk game or something. Mm-hmm. And you put your foot or an inspector's foot in there, and they have to guess which slot doesn't have the knife dangling on a rod as you remove the rods, and one could come crush crush their foot or your foot. Piggy of Damocles. <laughs> Damoclesian piggy. Damoclesian piggy. Um, but the guy, I got it, is shipped from Spain. He did a fantastic job. It looks impeccable. Nothing was damaged in shipping. It was packed amazingly well. So this is this is the guy that built stuff for Hondro. Yes. So you're really in in a pro level now. That was the I was like I was like this is not something I you know that's mass produced for any any mission pickup as a hobby. Yeah. Like it was a legit rig. Yeah. This is going to be a centerpiece of your show. Yes. And he knows it. Yeah. Yeah. It was really nice. It was really nice. And so yeah. I got I got now I got to rehearse it and I, I want to do it out. And I'm thinking of and you tell me if this is a shitty tactic or not. So these TV shows call and I pitch tricks I want to do on the show. I think I'm just going to make them. I'm just going to film them so I just have a bank of big friendly for TV tricks so that when these calls come I can just be like here's these links. Of course, yeah. Yeah, I think that's what I'm going to focus on the next few months. I can't even think of a downside of that. Yeah. So but make them look like you shot them for for this for yourself yeah. if you shoot them too slick they'll think you did it somewhere else and they won't book you there we go this is why i bring it up to you that's that's a fine adjustment and i will absolutely i, I mean just make it look more. like uh so that they can look at it and go we can make this look great yeah so i'm shoot it like it's a proof of concept not like a television show. exactly great thinking see guys this is the free advice i get from Penn all the time every magician <laughs> here we're listening Eat it up. When we do, uh, when we do stuff, we make sure, yeah, that it's um, it's casual. Because if it's too slick, like we want, uh, you know, then Jimmy Fallon will say something funny here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead of someone being really good, because you don't want him to say you want him to. Well, that's also it's not even a manipulative. It's also true. Yeah, you want to let them know this will be on your show in your style, and you will this be able just, to put your. This is what I'll bring. And then you bring the stuff you bring. Yeah. Not like I'm bringing your whole show to you. Yeah. It's a different different concept. So therefore, right away, so I'll just have someone. I'll just have someone and call them famous dancer or something like that. Yeah. And yeah. I do the piggy roulette. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, whoever you want. Someone points out that ultimate frisbee is a team sport with no referee. Oh, that's a great great exception. I also are yeah. uh, uh, skateboard people. Yeah, their um, tricks are so hard and advancing so quickly. Yeah, that they couldn't have judges, so they would have to judge each other. Oh, fascinating! Yeah, skateboard people in their in the final big competitions yeah. judge each other, which is pretty great. That is pretty great. By the way, did you watch the Summer of Soul yet? Questlove's movie? No. Questlove did a movie called Summer of Soul about uh, documentary, right? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I've heard it's fantastic. Crazy good. I gotta look at it. Crazy, crazy good. Yeah, uh, really, uh, really powerful, really emotional, and beautifully, beautifully put together. Um, it's better than you think it is while you're watching it. You think, this is really good. And then as it gets to the end, you go, oh, no, 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 it was great. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, I always like that. I thought that way with the Tina Turner documentary. I didn't see that. Yeah. I mean, because you go into it like, I know stuff, and then it really unravels, but then she, she talks at the end. And you just have like a totally different understanding of her entire career 
when she talks at the end. It's really great. Reverend Watt writes to us, I'm surprised no bassoonist stepped up to refute <laughs> Mr. Gillette's recent remarks about orchestras and auditions. So I'll chime in. As a violinist retired after 28 years in the Minnesota Orchestra, we're not like a typing pool paid for volume produced. Every player's most important job is listening, contributing to the ensemble, so we never disrupt the energy flow. And you could almost say bassoonists are paid for not quacking, which is their double reads can do most easily than can do easier than anything else. Um, so uh, uh, I guess he's disagreeing with nothing I said, but using a tone like he did. <laughs> I guess he's saying that uh, you don't give them enough credit. I just said it could be a good solid job. It is a good, yeah, yeah. That you could that you could work into. Yeah, you've only he's only reaffirmed that like oh good listening. I yeah. get paid to listen. Good, good Ooh, thinking, boy. Uh, Anybody else surprised? Hands up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Jeff Preberg points out that Jelly Apple Red has been discontinued by SE, which is always my brand. I just found another color that looked like it. Okay, that's not very dramatic. It was a dramatic day. No. Um, uh, my hot sauce, the gallon of Tabasco, oh, right. <laughs> uh, lasted less than a year. Okay. And that was pretty only I use it. Yeah. So I, I drink a lot of hot sauce. Yeah. I drink a lot of hot sauce. You know, um, I was eating a, a, a about a, um, a container the size of my head, a little smaller than my head. Yeah. Of um, about the size of this breast implant. Okay. Um, which is close to the size of my head. Uh, that's how much kimchi I'll eat at one sitting. Oh, boy. And uh, my mother-in-law's concerned, saying, doesn't that rip your insides apart? Yeah. I say, no, it makes my insides very happy. That's a, I mean, that's quite an adjustment of your, of your gut. Yes, my microbiome is very happy. They say, any amount of kimchi you want to send us, go ahead. But don't be expecting us to eat a cheeseburger anymore. I go, okay, this deal. 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 Uh, someone writes in, I want to end with this, because um, this is from an idiot. <laughs> I would like to discourse on the merits, already you know he's an idiot, <laughs> on the merits of the alternative punchline, I can jelly my cock down your throat versus I can't jelly my cock up your ass. Uh, jam and jelly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I personally think the former is more visceral and more people will identify and react to the thought of something going down their throat. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, visceral. Yep, check. And people reacting to what you're saying, check. <laughs> now you want to address funny? <laughs> right. I don't know if people go, what a funny guy when you're done saying, I'm going to jelly my cock down your throat. Yeah. I don't know how well that goes over. Also, I would even argue that the word visceral itself yeah. would refer more to lower digestive tract than upper. <laughs> Just the word viscera. Yeah. When you say we cut open and there was the viscera inside, yeah. you don't picture cutting open the mouth. Yeah. Picturing cutting open the lower area of the intestine. Uh, so even the word visceral, when you use the word visceral, you're already an idiot. I, uh, so, so uh, I said that I turned the punchline into a priest can't jelly his cock up my ass. Yep. Which both refers to the authentic autobiographical fact that I was an altar boy. Mm -hmm. Unmolested. But as an altar boy, nonetheless, 
I make myself the victim of the joke instead of someone else the victim of the joke mm -hmm. with that turn. Mm -hmm. Out of consideration of modern times, boy, we just don't like the idea of putting myself in the first person even jokingly as forcing anything on someone else in modern times, right? You're talking about the Chaplin movie or the, <laughs> or the Dylan record? Which modern times you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One of the two. And speaking of Bob Dylan, that was Penn Sunday School. <laughs> Cha cha cha. You become naked. Shadow Kingdom. Shadow Kingdom. No, we love you. You got someone to thank there, Matt? I do. The following people will be watching a video of what can be best described as an undead bird in Pence Possession. <laughs> <laughs> Damian Martin, Adam Luce loves Matthew, Michael, Penn, and Reddy. People rarely call me Matthew. Mark Pickenheim, Mary M. Ingalls, Scott Kelly, Kirk Barrett, Kelly M., Adam Burzens, Chris Marvin, Fractured Adventures, Carlos Alvarez, Larry Hess, Michael Cornwall, Ross Devereaux, Rue Dudley, Ryan Matthews, Jeff Baker, Eric Doble, Michael Corbet, Ilan Lee, Leah B., and Jacob McCulley. Thank you so much. Thank you. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.